0: Welcome to Uncaged. Today, we're speaking with Nick Schroer. Now, Nick has a proven track record in the customer service and sales space. And we're going to be talking about some of the work that he's done in developing and shaping contact center work, contact center agents, and building that area forward. He's currently the executive director at T-Tech Digital. But we're going to be talking about the space more broadly than that. Before we get into the world of customer service management, one that I have had many experiences with myself, tell us a little bit about you, Nick. Tell us about your background and your career.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. My background is I'm originally from Minnesota. I was born and raised here. I went to the University of Minnesota and I studied entrepreneurship there. So I was, yeah, I was really interested in learning how to run new businesses And for about the first 10 years of my career, that's what I did. I I ran a professional development training program where I would teach college students to run their own small business. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that, I helped about 300 college students start up and successfully run their own companies, which was, yeah, that was something that I was really proud of. And, And it gave me a lot of opportunity to see how businesses succeed, how they fail, and to get a lot of reps in from an entrepreneurship perspective. So that was A big part of my career and then i recently switched into tech so a couple years ago i made the transition and now i work at t-tech digital as you mentioned i focus on contact center and customer experience and helping companies to provide exceptional experiences for their stakeholders customers and employees. So that's what I'm up to these days.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's such an exciting space to play in. I mean, a lot of the things that we read about with AI, et cetera, touch your world directly, but tell me a little bit about what is exciting you about the work that you're doing at the moment.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about how technology is enabling experiences for customers to really move to a, a completely new level, right? In the The business world right now, if you hear, talk to, you know, C-level leaders, you're going to hear a lot of experience titles. So agent experience, member experience, customer experience, patient experience, you know, we even hear the government now talking about citizen experience. So everybody's thinking about this experience economy and how they can win over customers and differentiate from their competitors based off of experience. And I think that... <clears throat> The cool part about that and what's really exciting for me is that technology has enabled some really unique experiences to be created and for those experiences to be created at scale. And yeah. that's something that hasn't really been possible before. You know, experiences used to be based on individual interactions with people, and they still are to a large extent, but, you know, for a long time, that was really hard to replicate in scale. Yeah. And technology is enabling us to do that at a much more rapid rate and much more effectively than it has in the past. And that's really exciting. So that's where I'm spending a lot of my time right now. It's great. I mean, we are at an
0: inflection point for sure in the space. I managed a business several years ago that was a player in the contact center world. And I do remember, it's kind of like one of those things today that's almost a, I guess a harbinger of what was going to happen. At one point we received an offer for the whole contact center business from an AI company. Oh yeah? They just wanted the data. They just wanted to hear all of the data and just kind of learn how they could figure out ways to impact it, make it more efficient, improve it, et cetera. Quite an amazing thing. at the time we were like, that's crazy, (laughs) you know? But today, obviously it makes complete sense. I mean, when you think about the companies that you work with, the customers out there that are out there, what are some of the challenges that they're undergoing as they're trying to get their head around this experience that you're talking about?
1: Well, I think that number one is you know, a lot of businesses are working off of legacy siloed systems. And, you know, this isn't a new idea of bringing systems together, but when it comes to providing a good customer experience and a good agent experience for those people who are taking phone calls, it's really important that those systems can communicate. So an example, you know, is if a business has, most businesses have cloud-based CRM systems now, we're up to almost 85% of CRMs are cloud-based, but most businesses are still on legacy on-premise contact center systems. So what ends up happening is those two don't play very nice together, right? So they may not communicate back and forth as effectively as they could. And as a result, you know, if you call a business and they don't have that integration set up, they might not recognize who you are. They might not recognize your phone number. You may not be able to access that data cleanly from a reporting perspective. So you're missing out on a lot of data-driven insights. So from a consolidation of your tech stack and data perspective, i think that that's a huge challenge that a lot of companies are facing right now yeah especially with all of you know you just mentioned ai companies right they're they're popping up all over the place and they're really good at marketing and sales and mm. so you know i see a lot of executives getting into meetings with with companies and they might buy a solution and they try to bolt it on but it doesn't bolt on the way they wanted it to. Yeah. And then they call us and they say, hey, you know, can you guys help us get this to work the way that we want it to? So I think that's another big challenge is just getting all of our systems to play nicely.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the integration element is certainly understated. I also think that one of the things that I see constantly is that the way platform companies sell themselves They often talk about the benefits of the use of that platform, but what they kind of discount is the actual expertise it takes to optimize and use the system, you know, (laughs) in the most optimal way. And so there's always that disconnect. I see it a lot of times with platforms as they get rolled out in various businesses. Very exciting when people start to use it, but then we look back and we find out that, Maybe two percent of a company's actually using that tool, yeah. right? And it's just really important, I think, for us to remember that technology is not just an answer in and of itself, where it definitely requires training, requires what you just kind of were going through that integration element, etc. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, one of the things that you talked about before that clearly brought you a lot of joy and was a passion point for you is helping other entrepreneurs. But tell me a little bit about what drives you. I mean, I always kind of try to understand like, what gets people up in the morning to go to work and keep doing what they do. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, you know, a huge, a huge part of my life was helping college students through that program and getting to help them get their first lead, hire their first employee, manage their first projects. That was all, you know, a really great experience. And it's something that I wasn't really ready to give up. It was one of my biggest sort of points of hesitation when I was thinking about changing industries is that Mm -hmm. I was worried I would miss that. Um, So, You know, now in my job, I've I've been really happy that I still get to do a lot of the high level strategy and analysis that I really loved about entrepreneurship. So, you know, for example, you know, when I meet with a customer, a lot of times, you know, what we're doing is we're looking at how they want to compete in the marketplace, how their competitors are currently operating. And then trying to figure out a way to bridge that gap and make them more competitive, you know. Mm-hmm. So industry analysis, market analysis, competitive analysis, and then figuring out how we can help them bridge that gap. So I still get to do a lot of that, you know, analytical, strategic work. And there's still a competitive aspect. You know, one thing that I really loved about entrepreneurship is that it's competitive. It feels like a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sales, in a lot of ways, is the same way. You know, going out there and You know, if you, if you do a good job and bring a client, a lot of value, you get a lot of value back. So there's a big, big potential, you know, wins that you can have and and the stakes are pretty high, which creates, you know, an environment where it's really important to do well. And, and I, I like to think that I thrive in that kind of environment. I love playing sports, played sports all my life growing up. And when I got into business, I was pretty encouraged when I realized that business is a lot like a sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is that the world is focused on the experience and yeah. I love that. I mean, it's a book that came out, you know, many, many moons ago now, the whole the experience economy, but it certainly has played out for sure. And I think that in you know, the customer contact space is one of those things that is thought about but sometimes not thought about deeply enough because you are the coal face of the company you are the brand touch point it's you know they'll spend 10 million dollars on an ad but maybe 10 million dollars on the customer contact element might make a lot more sense because honestly when it's done right it matters i am loyal for life with a brand that does that right it's incredible What are some of the kind of things that you think about when you're trying to scale these types of solutions to make it consistent,
1: to make it kind of like pop for somebody? Well, I think, first of all, you make a really good point there. And, you know, that's that when you're trying to optimize your customer experience, you know, it's it's about more than just buying the technology. You actually have to train the employees to use it. You have to turn on the features right? Contact center platforms these days are coming out with hundreds of new features every year. So if you don't optimize those features and actually get your teams using them, then they don't do you any good, right? They don't provide any value. So that's piece number one, you know, and then piece number two of that is that when you're actually interacting with a company, you know, these days, most consumers are willing to leave if they have a bad experience, you know, it's there, there are varying ranges that studies will produce, but somewhere between 60 and 90% of consumers in today's market are willing to change if they have one bad experience. So, you know, to your point, there's a lot of value in investing in the people who are at that point of interaction, the people that are actually talking to your customers, because if you don't spend time training them or giving them the right tools, They're not going to be equipped to give that customer a great experience. And, you know, if one of them has a bad experience, you might lose that customer. So there's definitely a big risk of not working and being intelligent or being diligent and deliberate about your customer experience. But there's also a huge value opportunity for value, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, McKinsey did a study over 2000. I think it was 2016 to 2021. And they looked at who they would call CX leaders and then CX laggards. And you know, based on the maturity of their customer experience strategy. And the leaders grew in revenue by more than double what the laggards grew by. So, you know, there's a, a big you know, potential stick, if you will, if you don't focus on customer experience, but there's also, you know, a huge carrot for the companies that are forward thinking and are really deliberate about what they're doing for their yeah. customers experience. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's funny. I think about brands that I've had excellent customer care with and how loyal I am to those companies and ones that have had tremendous like short shrift with me as a customer and it's funny I mean because I'm knowledgeable enough about the space I'll sometimes say like listen I'm on the call because I want to purchase this product I want to do this with you you know work with me here (laughs) like let's get through this but it's an interesting one because obviously sometimes people they only have the scripts that they have in front of them. They only can do what they can do. I mean, when you look forward, Nick, I feel like with a space that you focus on is going to be front and center in the AI revolution for sure. I mean, this is one of these areas because anything that where there's just tons and tons of bodies sitting somewhere doing something is one of the areas that obviously AI talks about offering tremendous efficiencies to make those people smarter
1: and more effective.
0: But what does the future look like for the
1: contact center industry? Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up AI, and I know that's something that you've been really interested in the past as yeah. well. I, I took a brief skim of your of your thesis, oh, great. Um, yeah, which was which was really interesting. And and you know, I think that the future of contact center is absolutely being transformed in this very moment. <laughs> um, there are constantly new tools coming out that are AI powered, and I think that a lot of people are worried about that AI displacing agents and, Mm -hmm. you know, removing the need for human jobs, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Especially when, you know, current AI is really good, but it still has hallucinations. It still does things that a normal human wouldn't. And when your customer is willing to leave after one bad experience, it's not a smart idea to make that AI your only way of giving customer experience. You're going to have to have a person there for when the AI can't handle it. Yeah. And it has to be AI that offers real value. I mean, I remember right. seeing some of
0: these AI systems where I, we would have an agent and the, you know, the customer would be irate about something, shouting down the phone. And the AI would be like, you have an angry customer. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no. Thanks. <laughs> I think we yeah. know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that what's really cool and and encouraging about the tools that are coming out is that a lot of them are not focused on replacing the agent. They're focused on empowering the agent. So, you know, trainings, evaluations, you know, we can create a bot that will mimic a phone call with a customer so that Mm -hmm. when you're training a new employee, you don't have to put them on live calls with a customer when they're brand new and risk them, you know, not delivering a great experience and that customer going elsewhere. Or the agent just having a negative call and, you know, their confidence being shot. Instead, you can have them train with a bot where it's mimicking what a customer call would look like and actively giving feedback throughout the call. Um, And we find that speed to proficiency is, you know, 20, 30% higher that way. And there's no risk of having a bad customer or agent experience along the way. So that's a good example of how we can empower agents to do better with these AI tools and to set them up for more success. And I think that's the way the industry is going is figuring out how we can give give our agents the power to give a good customer experience every time.
0: Yeah, think about it as really kind of a partnership and then utilizing it to do more for that agent, even to offer like more dimensions to the experience and a better solution. Nick, it's been great chatting with you. Yeah, if you someone too, wanted right? to learn more about what you are working on, what T-Tech Digital's doing, really kind of where the contact center space is going, where's the best place to reach you?
1: I would say the best place to reach me is probably my LinkedIn. You can reach out to me anytime there. My DMs are open. We get a lot of them, but, but obviously I try to read through and, and take a look at those. So that's an easy way to reach me. I would encourage if, if, there, if there's anyone listening who's wondering how they're doing from an AI perspective right now and how they're how prepared they are to bring AI into their customer experience and their contact center. I'd encourage them to check out our AI readiness assessment. I can send you a link to that Bant, So you can put it in the, in the show notes. If, if yeah, you're willing. Absolutely. I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that you got to find a way to start somewhere and what a great tool that is that you're yeah. offering Nick to give people a chance to get a benchmark of what they're up to. Nick, thank you so much for being on the Uncaged show today. Yeah. And we look forward to having you back.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Bant. Great to talk to you. Cheers.